Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at ozarkfolkcenter.com. I'm Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week I'm going to introduce you to a couple of extraordinarily versatile musicians who hail from far off Rhode Island, Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly. We'll also be hearing from our friend Charlie Sandage about how the Ozark Folk Festival went from being a local festival to a national event. And take a trip down into the vast underground vault here at the Ozark Folk Center to hear Mark Jones' old-time music pick of the week. All that and more, coming up on Ozark Highlands Radio. The highly acclaimed husband and wife duo of Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly managed to make it to Mountain View from their home in Rhode Island at least once each year. These fine folks do it all play a large variety of instruments, write songs and poetry, author books, and do wonderful children's programs and shows for the public around the country. Aubrey is also a talented step dancer, renowned for her dance talk, which we'll hear later in our show. Right now, let's listen to Atwater and Donnelly playing See That My Grave Is Kept Clean, The Prodigal Son, and an old English song, The Blackest Crow. Thank you. 
in 1987, a long time ago, in, uh, at a folk club in Providence called Stone Soup Coffee House, named after the folk tale, the Stone Soup folk tale, which, look, look that up, people, that's a really neat tale. Okay. And um, we met that way, and we, we'd both been musicians and played more contemporary acoustic music over the years. Elwood had been in a rock band, even a Cambodian band for a while. Oh, I... And um, we met and we, we spent a lot of time at that folk club about three years worth listening to the concerts every Saturday night and we also my, my family went to Ireland regularly during those years and so we started to get into Irish music but we met and it, it was a real catalytic moment for us and, and we started to date and play music together right away and found that our voices blended nicely. I believe I'll go back home 
I'll go back home 
we were interested in Celtic music and Irish music for a long time and then made that wonderful connection to the Celtic basis of American folk music, like the music of the Ozarks, the music of Appalachia, the old ballads of New England, things like that, and we just were on fire about that. And so for years and years, we've traveled to Eastern Kentucky, we've come here, we've, we've been all over the United States, parts of Canada, the British Isles, and just soaking up the music and the dance and learning all our songs one by one, everything by ear, everything from people, and learning off of CDs and archives and things like that also. Well, Elwood and I do at least half a dozen songs like, like the next one we're gonna do, songs of undying love. The blackest crow will turn to white if ever I prove false to you. The icy seas will burn, the rocks will melt in the sun. I'm sure things you hear every day. And in another song we'll do tomorrow night, I, one, one of my favorite lines of all time is, your beauty has conquered me. Just remember that. Say that to somebody tonight or tomorrow. Especially if you're fussing with each other, say, but your beauty has conquered me. And, and they'll, they'll forget what you were arguing about. They'll say, really? Okay, okay, that's what I do. But um, some of these verses in, this is the blackest crow, and some of these verses are floating verses, which means they appear in quite a few other folk songs. Ready, guys? I wish my heart 
You've been listening to Rhode Island musicians Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly on Ozark Highlands Radio. Every week about this time, I like to take a trip down into the vaults to see our friend Mark Jones, who works down there. And I've got a question for him. Let's head on down there and see what's going on today. Hey, Mark, good to see you down here. Hi, Dave. How are you? Well, you know I'm doing pretty good. i got a question for you. I had a conversation today with Charlie Sandage, who's one of the contributors to our show. And I was thinking that he performed here back when he was the program director way back in 1973. Do you have any of his music down here? Oh, let me look here, Dave. It may take me a minute. That's all right. Oh, there it is. If it'd have been a snake, it'd have bit me. <laughs> what you got? 
Well, Dave, here is a song that Charlie and actually Dave Newburn, who was the overall manager of the whole thing at that time, they recorded this back in 1973, and it was real close to when the Ozark Folk Center first opened, and it's one of their first performances that was done on this stage. It's a really neat song. Oh, I'm going back to the red clay country. Let's have a listen. All right. Thank you, Jimmy, very much. I'm going back to the red clay country. I'm going back to the red clay country. I'm going back to the red clay country. Cause that's my home, Lord, that's my home. This old hammer, a little bit heavy. This old hammer, just a little bit heavy. This old hammer, a little bit heavy. Take it from my side, Lord, take it from my side. This old hammer ain't like silver. This old hammer, you know, would ring like silver. This old hammering like silver Shine like gold, Lord, shine like gold Take this hammer, throw it in the river Take this hammer, throw it in the river Take this hammer, throw it in the river It'll ring right on I'm going back to the Red Clay Country. Cause that's my home, Lord, that's my home. Oh boy, those guys could sure sing back then, couldn't they? They sure could. And, you know, they did so much for the Folk Center in the early, early years. It was good to have people like that that were so dedicated and worked so hard to make the Folk Center be what it is today. Charlie's had quite a career, too. He's uh, worn a lot of hats. He was the program director here at the Folk Center. He's been a history teacher. He's been a producer for AETN, the Arkansas Educational Television Network. He's been a terrific songwriter, wrote a whole series of songs about Arkansas called Arkansas Stories. That's right. Well, Mark, good to see you. I'll see you again next week, okay? Looking forward to it, Dave. You never know what you'll hear next from Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly. It might be an ancient English ballad, a French-Canadian fiddle tune, or a clever Shel Silverstein song. Here are four more tunes from Atwater and Donnelly, recorded on stage at the Ozark Folk Center State Park. It's about a mother whose husband is a sailor, and she's saying to her son, Don't go, don't leave me, don't leave me all alone, your daddy's gone a lot. Sonny, don't go away. I'm here all alone Your daddy's a sailor Who never comes home Nights are so long Silence goes on I'm feeling so tired And not all that strong 
sunny lips on a farm in a wide open space take off your shoes son stay out of the race lay down your head by the soft river bed sunny always remembers the words his mammy said sunny don't go away i'm Your daddy's a sailor who never comes home. Nights are so long, silence goes on. I'm feeling so tired and not all that strong. Sonny works on the land, though he's barely there's not much to do he just does what he can he sits by the window of his room by the stairs he watches the waves gently wash on the pier Sonny's old and alone His daddy, the sailor Never came home Sometimes he wonders What his life might have been But from the grave Mammy still haunts his dreams Sonny But it wasn't until 1987 when Aubrey and I met, she had a dulcimer. And mm. I think that yeah. kind of changed what we did too, along with um, being able to get to over to Ireland, helped with to our introductions with traditional music. And then when we made that connection with that Celtic-based influenced music of the Appalachian people, I think that's where we really found our home. This is a beautiful snippet of an ancient shepherd's song that we got from the British Isles via the Ritchie family in eastern Kentucky. Some of these songs are so old, they just come to us in little pieces. 
sometimes we don't know what draws us to the music, but when we get there, we feel like we just came home. It's that kind of a feeling, and that's what happened to us. There's always something new to discover. There's, there's thousands and thousands of songs out there. Some of them are squirreled away in the archives in Washington, D.C. You know, they're just, they're everywhere. And they, things are easier and easier to find on the internet now, archives. They've, they've got beautiful archives here at the Ozark Folk Center. His true love at the, in the broom of the Cowdenows. The Cowdenows is a location in Scotland 
Fain would I be in my own country, herding her father's yows. Happy would I be in my own country, herding her father's yous. You know, like yous guys. <laughs> Each morning was I to see my last come over the hill. She skipped the burn and ran to me. I met her with goodwill. Ah, the broom, the bonnie, bonnie broom, the broom. Fain would I be in my own country, herding her father's yows. She neither herded yows nor lambs, while flocks of sleeping lay. She gathered in the sheep at night. Cheered me all the day. Ah, the broom, the bonny, bonny broom, the broom of the Cardinals. Fain would I be in my own country, herding her father's yow. It's hard that I should banish me, gang only and more, because I love the fairest lass that e'er on earth was born. Ah, the broom, the bonny, bonny broom, the broom. Of the Cardinals, fain would I be in my own country, herding her father's yows. Adieu, ye bonny yows, adieu. Farewell, all pleasures there to wander. Again is all I crave or care. Ah, the broom, the bonny, bonny broom, the broom of the Cardinals. Fain would I be in my own country, herding her father's yows. That was the Rhode Island-based duo of Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly playing Sonny's Dream, A Thousand Years Ago, 
Adieu, my lovely Nancy, and the broom of the Cowdenos. After this break, we'll listen to historian Charlie Sandage tell about the half-century growth of the Ozark Folk Festival. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. decade from 1963 to 1973, the little Ozark town of Mountain View went from being just another remote hill country county seat to becoming a tourist destination known for traditional music and crafts, and something of an icon for longings that seemed to stir people up every generation or so, a wish to return to a simpler lifestyle even in those who had never experienced such a life. Tom Simmons, a key figure in the story of the development of the Ozark Folk Center, relates that when the planners of the 1962 Crafts Fair in Mountain View began thinking about how to boost attendance for the next one in 1963, they turned to Stone County's best-known citizen. Jim Driftwood being a very popular musician at that time, um, they thought about Jamie and asked him if he would help put together a musical festival along with the Crash Festival, and he agreed to do that. And uh, as a result, the attendance just exploded. There was a tremendous crowd of people here, and from that point forward, it just grew. For the early festivals, the focal point, in addition to the craft show, was programs held in the old Mountain View High School gymnasium and auditorium. Area musicians and singers like the Blair family simply offered their renditions of the tunes and songs they had learned on porches and around fireplaces. They heard MC Jimmy Driftwood introduce established ballad singers like Ollie Gilbert. And I tell you that Alan Lomax was down here one time and he told me that this woman knew more old folk songs than anybody in the world. I don't know. <laughs> here you go, Ollie. <clears throat> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> <clears throat> when I was a bachelor bowling young, cord with a clattering tongue, kisses that I gave her was 110. I told I'd marry, but I didn't tell her when. Promising youngsters like Sarah Jo Fensley. They saw a group from nearby Leslie, Arkansas, do a play party game. It was literally a square dance figure, but with singing and clapping instead of fiddle music. You see, to some of the more religious folks around here, the devil, after all, was in the fiddle. All right, now this is an old-time play party game. Here you go. Don't you think he's 
They heard novelties like using large animal jawbones as rhythm instruments and substituting for rhythm instruments by striking the fiddle strings, this one played by Fate Morrison, with knitting needles or some other variety of, yes, fiddlesticks. They heard Benson Fox play the picking bow. From then until the Ozark Folk Center opened, growing numbers of visitors came to the Old Mountain View School Gym on the third weekend of April to hear folks from this area play, sing, and simply be themselves. But two other phenomena began to grow on their own, it seems, out of the scheduled events of the festival. First, people began to gather around the court square in their own musical clusters, dozens of them, and people would gather around them to listen. Tom Simmons, mayor of Mountain View a few years later, explains. I'd say that was as much the attraction as the festival itself. We had people coming from California, Oklahoma, all over the country, from the East Coast, to come here and jam with other people. And that was their reason for being here. They may not have even attended the festival at all but primarily they came to play with other folks. This was the mid-1960s, and among those discovering what they called folk music were a number of young people that the local folks of any community were quick to label hippies. Somehow, in this place, on those weekends, they seemed to belong. Tom Simmons found them to be, well, exemplary. And they came in VW buses and old pickup trucks and whatever they could find for transportation. They camped in the National Forest. They participated in the music, impromptu music around the square. In fact, there was times when I went down to the city park and picked a little with them and I got along great with them as mayor. I never had any trouble with them at all and we talked about that some, and I remember one guy we were talking about not causing trouble, and he said, man, are you kidding? He said, everybody up here has got a rifle in the back of their pickup truck. I said, we ain't going to bother nobody. <laughs> and, <laughs> but they were very good. They, they picked up, there wasn't a coat tab or a cigarette butt left on the city park when they left there. Same way at the court square. They policed the place up. They tried to take care of it. They really appreciated and loved the people in Mountain View. The other phenomenon that was beginning to take hold was the weekly musical gathering at the courthouse, a kind of foreshadowing of things to come. Something was beginning to stir in Mountain View. Nobody was sure exactly what it would become, but it was sure to play out over the background of traditional music, like Willie Morrison's 8th of January. Thank you. Before we end our show today, let's listen to Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly, this time on our stage at the popular Dance Weekend, which takes place every third weekend in September here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park.
I, I gotta say though, um, Mountain View and the Ozark Folk Center, it, this is one of the, the most unique places we've ever visited. There's, we, we, there's no other place like this. And, and we're, we're good people to ask, because we, we've played in about 35 states over the years, and we've been to a lot of places and a lot of festivals. And when you go downtown on a warm evening and, see, and hear all those people jamming and playing, and we've, we've seen that for a whole generation now, and the Music Roots program in the, the school is incredible, the way the children are learning music, the, the traditional heritage music right in the schools. And then all the, all the people performing here at the Folk Center, it astounds me. We come here about twice a year, and every time we come here, we see new people. We've never met new kids, new adults, who are immensely talented and carrying on the traditions. It's, it just astounds us. And now for the moment you've all been waiting for. So we did a rhythm workshop today. That was really interesting. I always learn new things. And I mentioned that here in the Ozarks you call flat footing or clogging jig dancing. And there's no jig to be found because a jig has three or six, eight timing. And we all dance 4-4, four, four, just 4-4. Four, four. I just think that's an interesting name, a wonderful name. Jig is such a celebratory type of dance. I'm a flat footer, also known as a buck dancer and a freestyle improvisational, traditional clogger. I learned some of my steps here in Arkansas. It's been some cross-pollination over the last 15 or so years. Sometimes I see some of the dancers doing a step I, I taught them, and then sometimes they see me doing a step that they taught me, so it's pretty neat. I first learned to dance in Eastern Kentucky in 1992. That's when I learned to do this step. Some people call it the buck step. I also learned this one, the chug. This is thought to come from the West African slaves. And this one, the Indian, is thought to come from Cherokee ceremonial dance. I've been told by some Native American dancers that this rhythm, hi-ya, 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 only exists in Hollywood. So you learn those three steps, which, by the way, you will learn tomorrow because I'm doing a, a workshop at 1045. You learn these three steps, and you're good to go. You're a jig dancer, flat footer. Then you can do some other fancy stuff in there if you want. So after I learned these basic steps, I started to get the bug for it. It wasn't until much later that I started wearing solid tap shoes. For a long time, I just wore my regular street shoes, and then I got leather-soled shoes, and those make a wonderful sound. You see the dancers up here wearing leather soles. And I started to expand. Like, here's the two-sounded walking step, and I learned the three-sounded walking step. There's another way to do it with your heels. Eventually, I put all that together into the Tennessee walking step. And that, my friends, is the time step around which this dance form revolves. You can do all kinds of stuff with this. I met a dancer once when we were at a festival in Wisconsin. Her name is Tamara Lowenthal, and she's from Indiana. She said if you add or subtract elements of this step, 
you can make your feet tell stories. The old timers would call clogging or flat footing talking feet. So for example, if I take out the sound that my right toe is making, I get an interesting syncopated effect. Some of you rhythm class people know what I'm talking about. The accent falls differently now. Take out my right toe. And I'm back to that three-sounded heel step. Put in my, uh, met my left toe, put in my left toe back. Take out my left heel. Take out my right heel. Take out my left toe. And I'm back to that sparse sounding, two-sounded walking step until the Lone Ranger rides in. So I'm the only person in Rhode Island primarily that does this. I said to one class today, if you're looking for a dulcimer player or clogger, you'll find me and Elwood in Rhode Island. That's about it. So every step I do has a wonderful story. And I started talking about it because people didn't know what it was. They thought it was tap dance. And tap is much different. It's showy. It's more modern. It's bent over. It's on the toes. What my dance style also is not, it's not Irish. There's my fake Irish step dance for you. I gotta take this off, excuse me, I'm getting warm. Okay, but that's it. <laughs> so every step I do has a story, like the Applejack I learned in North Carolina. Here it is again. A rather saucy slide, too, in Brasstown, North Carolina. That's saucy, right? I learned the scissors right here in Mountain View. And the silent scissors. I learned a gallop in western Pennsylvania. And when Caleb Cobb was 13, he said, put a toe in there, do it like this, and it looks Irish. In Dahlonega, Georgia, some kids showed me another step that has some nice space. In Rhode Island, Kevin Doyle showed me the military. That's more of a tappy step. In Connecticut, I learned to syncopate. And there's a cool YouTube clip of me, the Cobb brothers, and Trini Spann about seven years ago doing a routine right here on the stage with these steps. The kids are kind of small, it's really cute. With that syncopated step. I'm always amazed by how physically fit people are here in Mountain View when they're dancing up here because the pace of the dancing is very fast. 
Jig dancing is very exuberant and fast. And one of the first years I ever saw it, I was so enamored with it. I just fell in love with the dancing here. There was one guy in particular, I don't remember his name, very tall, and he had those beautiful rubbery-looking legs that you see with the dancing. In fact, he was 11 feet tall. And he weighed 15 pounds. And that was the first time I ever saw the wheel. Fred Astero always said, not to me personally, but he said, do everything equally on both sides of the body. So I learned to do it on my left side. It's a lot of work because I'm right-footed. And I do know how to do both at once as well. I just don't really feel like it right now, but. So this dance form is wonderfully American. It's African-American, Native American. It is English, Irish, Scottish, French, and German. I learned this step years ago. It's called the scuffle from Ellie Grace in Columbia, Missouri. I actually learned it by doing it by accident. And for years I practiced in our barn on our old farm in Rhode Island. For 15 years we lived on an 18th century farm. Our house was built in 1771. And I would cross the quiet country road to practice in our barn for a period of my life almost every day as I gained mastery over this dance form and what it is to improvise, all the training it takes to not know what you're gonna do till a split second before you do it. I had no idea until I started dancing. So I'd go in our barn and I'd shut the door and I'd be by myself in my own world, drilling, working out ideas. One time I was seeing how fast I could go. And I heard this on the road. You're getting better! And it was a guy who does a 10-mile loop on his bike every day. And he'd been monitoring my progress for weeks. And another time, there was a young couple that moved into the log cabin near us. And we didn't meet them for a whole season. Well, first of all, it's New England. And second of all, sometimes you live so far apart, you just don't meet them for a while. But when we did meet them, they said, we thought you were building an addition for a while, but no building ever went up. And then one other time, a guy was jogging by, and I didn't know him, and he stopped as I was leaving the barn, and he said, were you exercising horses in there? <laughs> and that's our show for you. Thank you, everybody. That was Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly with Turkey in the Straw and Aubrey's much-requested dance talk. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Be sure to tune in next week for more great music and folklore from the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. I'm Dave Smith. So long, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974 and by Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at arkansasstateparks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at ozarkhighlandsradio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.